0: Thank you, T. That was awesome. We're so blessed by you um, you all and, and the sacrificial giving that many of you do. You know, we had uh, Tim and Carolyn with us last week. Wow, I sound loud out there.
1: You sound Boomy. real deep. While, do so. I sound deep?
0: <laughs> no, hopefully not too deep. <laughs> but no, thank you for your generosity. I know that many many of you have given generously from your hearts and, and just with... Um, uh, just sacrificially. We just, you know, with Tim and Carolyn here, we just saw, uh, and so thank you. Thank you for participating in their vision, and, and I think that's such a critical, awesome thing because that's what the body of Christ, that's what we call to do. We're, we're, we're here to reach the world, so that's the cause that we're connected to, and thank you for being a sender and, and equipping them, and, and I know that, that seed that um, that went out to their ministry too, so, so really appreciate you. And, and if you
1: haven't had an opportunity but you are, wanting to help, um, for those of you who weren't here or want to catch up, um, they are ministering in Lebanon and of course with the explosion that happened a couple, now 10, 12 days ago in Lebanon, there is a lot of immediate on the ground needs with people, um, 300,000 people displaced, um, billions and billions of dollars worth of infrastructure damaged. Of course the government in Lebanon has been somewhat compromised already um, they've all resigned since the explosion. So there, there's a bit of a vacuum there that we need to make sure that we're helping, pray, support, that the right people are going to get into government there, that the corruption's going to get rooted out, and that there's going to be godly wisdom to lead that nation. Right. Um, they are bordered on Israel. Yeah. They are the northern neighbors of Israel, and, and pray for that relationship right. too. Right. So if right. you want to give, um, if you mark it on your uh, offering envelope or if you give online, put it in the comment section. Specifically, if you want to give to Lebanon, put Lebanon on it. Um, they will make sure that we get that to Tim and Carolyn as soon as we can and, uh, so that they can get it to their contacts on the ground.
0: Yeah, like like I said, I mean, men, I think most of you were probably here last week with Tim and Carolyn. But it's a cr- it's a strategic country. It's one of the only um, Muslim countries that's predominantly Muslim. But you still they you're allowed to proselytize. In other words, you're allowed to convert. Do you know that it's illegal? Illegal in so many of parts of the Muslim world that you can actually legally change. They register you as birth what you are. Many Muslim countries, even if Christianity is legal, you're registered on your birth certificate. If you were born into a Christian family, you're not allowed to change. You know, it's crazy. I mean, I know that sounds foreign to, to many people, but that's how they do it. But this is one country that they do allow people to convert between uh, religion, in other words. And so, so, as you know, Tim and Carolyn's vision is to is to really reach that region of the world you know, and um we and they their training happens over there and, and so we've got to be real careful. So don't tag them in any of these these videos and things <laughs> like they are. Tag us them not in your prayers. Yeah, exactly. But um thank you for again for participating in that and so generously. Well we love you guys. It's a it's a it's an interesting time that we're living in and I trust that you guys are well. If you're watching online and you are shut in, I want to you know, wanna let you know that we're here for you um as well. We we, we so enjoy the presence of people, it's so good and felt the energy coming in this morning and just between us all. And, and But we want to let you know that if you feel in any shape, form or fashion, if you feel shut in or you feel that, that you just need some extra contact, please use our text in church number, reach out to us, let us know. And, and even if it's a conversation by phone or whatever um, your, or your level. You and we know. don't
1: have iPhones, so we don't do FaceTime, but we can do other face things
0: right and and also i want to mention this if you're watching online um we're hearing mixed reports of people streaming without any problem and then some people really struggling with streaming so if you're watching online please do us a favor and use that text in church number and just write online and send a text we'd like to send you a survey and we can get some more information from you you know what you know, certain things, uh, details that we We want to make sure
1: that it's easy for you to connect, and uh, sometimes that involves uh, something we've got to do on our end or otherwise something that we can help do on your end if it's, uh, you know, something simple. We hope it's something simple. Yeah. But we want to make sure that it's easy for you to connect and then invite people to join us, you know. There's Mm. a lot of people who aren't ready to be out and about yet. That's understandable. Mm. Uh, We just don't want them to feel disconnected.
0: Yeah. Amen. We love you guys, even if you were at home in bed or in the kitchen or somewhere. On the
1: bo- on the boat or on the porch
0: <laughs> or anyhow. Um, uh, Corin and I—we were going to do this message last week, as you know—and then um, I mentioned this. Then Tim and Carolyn were here after the GLS, and it was—it was really opportune. Um, but um, obviously, before that, uh, T was here, and he was doing um, running Run your, your race. R- running your race, which was awesome. So, how T, many
1: of you got to watch both of those?
0: So, awesome. It's awesome, yeah. I mean, it's such an important truth. And, and as and as we as we were, I wanted to wrap up a, a series that I was doing beforehand. We, I was talking about critical factors critical factors. And I was talking about the Pareto principle, which is that, that um, 20% of your activity is, is, is typically um, uh, 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 responsible for 80% of your results. And so it's a principle that's in life. And you find that if you find what you can critically, what are the most important things? I forgot to bring our jar. I'm okay, sorry. So, so
1: let me describe the jar in case you didn't know. We've got this glass. It's like a vase. And in it, there are big rocks and medium-sized rocks and small rocks and some sand. And of course, if you've ever seen the illustration, the big rocks are the most important things. And if you don't put them into the jar before the smaller things, there's no room to put the big rocks in. But if you put the big rocks in first and then get gradually smaller and smaller, you can amazingly fit everything in. Mm. And that principle is important to understand here, and this is why you're talking right. about the big rocks, right. the critical factors.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, they, those come first.
0: Yeah, right, and Jesus said, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to us. And, and, and it really is, the, when, we, 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 when we focus on the big things first, get them in place, these things fall into place. And so, remember the first one that I spoke about um, right in the beginning was knowing that God is good. Really, it sounds like, oh, well, it's just information. I'm not talking about information. But knowing that God is good, that he is a good God, and we spoke about taste and see that he's good. It's a personal experience. When you know that you know that that God is a good God, you always go back to him. He is your source. He is your refuge. He's your strength. But you see, until we know that God is know that God is a good God, He won't be who we go back to. So it is critical to to really understand that God is a good God. Um, and then we spoke in the second one, um, and we we spoke about um, a healthy relationship with church. So critical. I, I feel that the body of Christ is in a weird place with how it considers church. What is church? Because there's, I mean, if I had asked that question from 100 Christians out of a sampling in America, I would probably get 100 different perspectives. Not good you know, for you know, the Yeah, what, what is church? You know, is it some place you just show up to? And, and, and we, we taught and we delved into what is a healthy relationship with a church? Because if we don't have, a, a, understand a healthy relationship with a church, and, and within a church, and what we contribute in a church, then they... Whoa. Hello. Hello. <laughs> 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 that um, <laughs> that me? If we don't understand that, that we can, we can. T- it can tend. To, if you don't know how to use something, it can be abnormally used or ab used. And and typically, there's been a lot of people that. Avoid church or think that church is just something that you can watch on YouTube and it's the equivalent of church. No, church is, you know, it's koinonia, it's, it's communion, it's fellowship, it's with one another, it's sharing strength, it's dividing weaknesses, you know, and, 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 and there is that very un- there's that basic understanding of, of what it is because church should be something that brings you, um, it brings you comfort. When you know that you have good relationships, you see, church isn't something you go to as much as it's something that you are a part of. There's a big difference. If, if you, Even if you came faithfully, but you just walked in the back doors and sat down and left, you wouldn't really be part of the church. And there is a healthy relationship with a local church. And yes, of course, there is a bigger truth where we are part of the, the bigger Bigger picture, bigger part of of the body of Christ. But that is there is a very healthy understanding that we need. It's a critical understanding because you can't really find your place in the kingdom outside of the body. Because we're not one man band, solo, you know, solo. Uh, people on our own just doing things, like, that's not, we we work in conjunction with one another.
1: You know, uh, we all have gifts, the Bible tells us that everybody has been given gifts by God, and those gifts aren't for you, they're not accolades for you to put up on your wall and and say, well, this is my gift. Um, Your gift is for people in the body, your gift is for the world, and if, if you're not in a place where you can actually serve with your gifts, if you're not in fellowship or if you're not doing that, you're missing out on what God purposed for you. Right. He made you right. for that. Does that mean you're going to feel abused? Not if you know that He's good and His plan for you is good. But if you're not working, walking in your purpose... You don't feel the fulfillment that God created for you to experience.
0: Right, right. It's it's and you know, and fortunately, you know, we endeavour here and we've got some ministry philosophies here at Lake Haven where we choose, we've said it's a fundamental it's an important thing to us that nobody feels used. You know, it's not. It's important that you engage with your gift, but you should not feel used. And so um,
1: uh, we, we we are we're going to, because we haven't yet. We've spoken about this and in ministry teams when we've had trainings and whatnot. You've heard about the phrase boundaries. Um, we need you to be able to say no mm. so that you can say yes. Right. Because most people won't say yes if they can't say no. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: And you, We're not asking for every day, every week, hundred and you know whatever hours a, a week. We're asking for you to do what God has gifted and placed on your heart. Amen. But if you can't say no, then you won't say yes.
0: Yeah. So that was that second one, and then the third one we spoke about the process of growing, um, being a journey. You know, growing is something that we never grow out of. Shouldn't (laughs) we should never grow out of growing? We should understand that there is a process of growing, and we should have we we take that attitude of 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 feeding ourselves, of, of, of fertilizing hum- ourselves. Humility, right.
1: recognizing that we, you know, even Paul says, N- I, I have not obtained it yet. Right. But just because I haven't re- gotten where I'm going doesn't mean I'm going to stop now. Hmm. It means I'm going to keep going. I'm going to forget what's behind, and I'm going to push forward to what God has laid hold right. of me for.
0: Yeah, amen, amen. And then lastly, well, the fourth one we spoke about, having a kingdom perspective. You know, Jesus, speaker was, you know, we, have to, we understand that if we walk according just to this world, and we don't see things, and Jesus constantly, we see this, this admonition in Scripture, in New Testament at least, not just Jesus, but said, look up, see things that are above. So see things beyond just the norm. Um, it's so natural for us just to live in flesh. And what that is, when the Bible talks about flesh, most of the time it's not talking about living in sin. It's just living with only the physical in mind. If all you have in mind is you and your ability, your strength, what you can do, then you're limited by what you can do. But you are not called to that. You are called to live a supernatural life. You are called, and, and, and understanding that there is a kingdom perspective, that we are an ambassador, that we have a, a cause that we are called to, and, and seeing that you, you are a sent one, you are part of the, this kingdom perspective. So that is, I mean, so in any case, I just wanted to give a little bit of a, a wrap-up of where we come in critical factors. And so we, there, this, this series is kind of hard to wrap up, but we felt like we needed to, or, you know. So
1: in, in wrapping it up, we're not saying these are the only critical factors. Yeah. Like... Okay, now everything after this is not important. That is not what we're saying. What we're saying is we can't just keep doing critical factors 721. Because the truth of the matter is, if everything is critical, then nothing is critical. Right. Right? So there are more things that you will hear that will be crucial, critical, timely, appropriate for you. So we're putting a bow on the title not on the subject. Right.
0: And, and you know that, that when we, we trust God, when we minister, um, that we are led by the Spirit. And, and I know well, if you, when you tune your hearts to hear from God, I know that you go home with a message from God. Not because I'm such a great preacher. I don't think I am. But the point is that you... Can go home with a critical um, point. That, that's why that we even have those hot note cards. You know, if you take home what God is saying to you. It's it is so important because God is speaking to you, and 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 uh, and so when we again, and as we bring this to an end, we understand that God is of course talking to you about these things. But this this most important thing is certainly not least. We uh, you know uh, for this this fifth part. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit um, about religion versus being led in the spirit. Religion versus relationship. You know, um, we, we, we've defined religion, we speak about religion, but we live in an extremely religious world. And, and when I say religious, I mean that, that there's this external idea of what religion is and how we serve God and how we ought to show up and, and serve God, but then there's this part of relationship. And you we, you hear it constantly at Lakehaven, we said this is about a relationship with God, right? This, but it is absolutely critical. So part of the discussion that we wanted to, to have this morning together was was just unpack this a little bit. So um, um, as, as we get stuck into it, you know, understand that Jesus said in John 10.10 10, that I have come that you can have life and, and have it to, to the full. Um, and when Jesus, in, when Jesus first said, he said, you know, I am the way, the truth, I think it's in John 14. Um, I, I, yeah, John 14 verse 6. Jesus said to him, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life and no one comes to the Father but through me now Jesus spoke these terms and if you remember in John 15 he says I am the vine and you are the branches you know when he says that I am the way and he says and, and there, there is this place that we need to grasp this reality practically that everything everything that we are going to Get from God, if you want to put it this way, is through Jesus, is through a vital relationship with Him, through a living relationship with Him. You know, we did that prayer series at the end of uh, last year, and we spoke about New Covenant prayer, and 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 said, you know, we we brought out the scripture in um, I'm thinking it's in Second Peter verse one, and um, I, I'm going to read from Second Peter. Uh, verse 1, verse, peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. I just going to stop there for a second. Just give us a reference. That is 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 and verse 3. So it says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God And of Jesus our Lord. And then in verse 3 he says, His divine power has granted all things that pertain, has granted to us, sorry, all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now we broke this down in extensive form because what happens so often in a religious world is we get taught that prayer is going to God and asking for stuff,
1: it's a vending machine.
0: Right. And, and we, we, we say that, well, God, you know, because we, we look at our lives and we don't have X, Y, Z. We see, and then, we, and then this scripture almost sounds nonsensical. What, what, what does God mean? Is the Bible lying to us? Has he given us? You see, there's this element of what has been legally given to us, what is legally ours and been granted to us. It says it in Ephesians chapter 1 as well. You know, that he has given us all things. You know, if all these things are ours in him. In Jesus.
1: In him.
0: In him. This is the truth.
1: Co-heirs. Right.
0: Yeah. Exactly. You, you know, all of these things. Have, so, so we have this, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Paradox. Where it's a seeming inconsistency. Jesus says we've been given all things, but it's available in him. It's just like our righteousness, right? Our fundamental. When we get saved, we have been given his righteousness on the cross. You and I are as righteous in Jesus as we will ever be. as righteous as we will ever be, because it's only in Christ that we qualify for that righteousness, right? So here when he says, in him we, we've been given everything for life and godliness. Now I want to ask you a question. Okay, getting real here. This is our this is our, modus, our MO here. Let's just get real for a second. I gave an illustration back in that prayer series. If Corrin if said that, those words to me, he said, Shan, I've given you everything for life and godliness. And then I came back to Karen and I said, "Corin, can I please have a banana or whatever?
1: I gave you everything for life and godliness. No, but
0: please give me a banana. I don't have a banana. Please.
1: I have given you everything for life and godliness. You,
0: you, the, the, what I'm, what I, I want you to see something here is that in relationship with Karin, I'm going to experience everything that she has given me, legally. But if I go to Karen and I ask her for what she's already given me, I'm actually saying to her, "I don't believe you've given me everything. Please, won't you give me something?" Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. It's kind of like it—it it, it, it becomes vital. It becomes real in. Relationship with the person. So this is a critical understanding and that I pray that you spiritually discern. So I'm going to pray right now. Just close your eyes with me for a second. Spirit of God, thank you. Thank you that, that these truths that are ours become absolutely vital and real to us. Because as we walk in these things that are life and godliness, Father, I thank you that every need is already met. Amen. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 You see, I'm going to go back to Second Peter, and I'm going to break that down just a little bit more again, um, because it's just a, a big part of this, this, uh, this idea. So 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, um, it says, May grace... And peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now there it says, in the knowledge, we broke this down, in the knowledge of God. That word knowledge there is epignosis. Now we've spoken about knowledge before, knowing him, and it's often the word gnosis, it's, it's an intimate knowledge of God. But the word epignosis is even deeper. So uh, it says grace and peace is multiplied. If you can imagine that. You've, you've done exponentials, right? In, uh, 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 that's the word. It, grace and peace is multiplied to us. How? In the knowledge of God. In, in the epignosis, he's saying, in the critical in the critical knowledge of God. He's, he's saying in the well-instructed, intensive, deep knowledge of God. Now, now that's not a hidden knowledge. I'm not saying that this, this is not. No, no. but it's in this relationship of knowing one another, of knowing God, that we are going to have grace and peace multiplied. And then he goes in in verse 3, and he says this past tense phrase, his divine power, that dunamis, that divine power, Incredible power has granted per, past tense all things that pertain to life and godliness, and there he says it again through the epignosis that's that through the knowledge that's that word epignosis again through that that intense, intensive, well instructed deep knowledge, and and that's that's like having a yeah, never mind, like a pro-knowledge of God, uh, and, and so of Him who called us to his own glory and excellence.
1: Can I mention here quickly? Yeah. So we, when we talk about knowledge as a society, we talk about something that can be intellectually grasped. So we, we think that we have to understand something mm-hmm. in order for us to receive it. And what we don't recognize is that our brain is so limited we I may mean, literally say we don't even use 10% of our brain, and here we're trying to use our weakest um, spiritual organ to try and wrap ourselves around the Creator, creation He has made, and the, the, the salvation. That knowledge does not come through knowing more, not information, it comes through no. knowing Him. Amen. It is the experiential Thank you. knowledge. Yes. It is a feeling. Now, is it just an emotion? No, it's not. It is a reality that you can feel. Yes. So it's not chasing an emotion. It's not chasing a feeling. The feeling comes when it is realized. Yeah. It's kind of like when you when you figure out that you are loved, it washes over you. Mm. And you have the response, normally, not every time, but normally of responding in love, right? Yeah, so you like, feel it. You, yeah. Yeah. It is experienced, right. and I want to make sure that that their yes. knowledge of Him is not just like, oh yeah, 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 I got, I got the whole list. Right. Let me tell you the list. That's not what it is. Right. It's the kind that you almost can't describe with words because there's, right. there's no word big enough or, yeah. or, encompassing enough. Right.
0: You know, information, and you, you've heard me say this so many times, but information is both necessary. Knowledge is necessary, but but it's also dangerous if you think it's the end of it. And unfortunately, living in an information society where we can just pick up a phone and I can have thousands of books and access to thousands of documents and listen to thousands of messages, um, if it's just about the information and we think, well, I know that. But do you, but do you feel it? Do you know it? Do you have an epignosis of it? Because if you just have knowledge of it, it's almost like an inoculation, as I've said, or an immunization. It gives you just enough of the thing to make you think you know it, but it actually prevents you from actually catching the real thing. So I find that with the knowledge of the love of God. You know, this, this entire plan of God since before creation was a love story. A divine romance. God, if you even reading me, if God opens your eyes just a fraction and I'm just seeing glimpses, you will see that God is calling you out to a love relationship. You see it in Song of Solomons. You see it in Genesis. He's walking in the cool of the day. Adam, where are you? He's looking. God has called out. You see it in the book of Job. You see it in the book of Isaiah. You see God reaching out and saying, where are you? Where are you? He's calling you. He's calling you into a relationship. He's calling you into a love relationship. But what religion does is it kills that thing dead. It says it's what you do. It says if you do this and do this and do this, it creates this legalistic background where if you do these things then you qualify yeah,
1: like you can attain God's right. love if you keep this light.
0: if you do this then God will love you yeah. right
1: that's so that, is,
0: that is what religion does. Yeah. You know, if you crawl on your knees, if you whip yourself, if you light three candles, if you say these prayers. And they turn prayers into magical chants and, they, and, and religious actions. They turn Sunday services and the Bible. Everything becomes an action to please God. It becomes a way to try and get righteousness.
1: Or to become loved.
0: Right, or to become love. To
1: earn love.
0: Right. So here comes Lake Haven Church, for example. Not, not just Lake not Haven. Not just Lake Haven, but just in this example, here comes Lake Haven Church and says, "Listen, guys, Jesus loves you. God loves you. It's evident in Scripture that while we were still sinners, God loves you. Mm-hmm. Love has never been something that you pursue, but something that you are right now. And that's that's powerful because." when you realize, like hold on a second, when you taste and see that God is good, and you taste and see that you are loved, then, now this is the danger, if your brain has been, you've been brainwashed in religion, you've been, what's it, dyed in the wool, when you were since a kid, you were dyed in the wool, and you were, and this is where some sinners have an advantage if you died in the wool in a religious background, you may think that I have to try and earn God's love. Right? And so you hear a message about God's grace and you hear a message about God's love and you think, ah, ah, that's so good to hear. Wow. Great. And then you think you've arrived, right? Because, you think because your whole, your whole pursuit in life was to get loved. Your whole goal in life was to earn love. Because that's what religion teaches. You can earn heaven and you can earn this and you can earn God's gifts and you can earn, earn, earn. And suddenly you come across this weird gospel that says, I have given you everything for life and godliness. I have given you my love. You see, God is so secure in who he is. God is love. He says, here it all is. I give you this. I give you this. Now what? And if we don't, we get offered this massively phenomenal free gift of God's love. And if we think that, well, I don't have to receive that love. I don't have to enter into a relationship with God. Then we miss out on what this whole thing was for.
1: We get the proposal, but we never respond. Right.
0: Yeah. It's, it's all the stories about the bridegroom coming for the bride. And, you know, Karen and I are married, and we, next year it will be 20 years. I know we
1: got married when I was six. (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. I was a bit younger than Shannon. I was a little bit
0: of a cradle snatcher, but not that
1: much. He he did have to, he had to wait for me to grow up.
0: But, but you know that, but when, when we get born again, salvation... And, and any of you who students of the Word of God will know that there's, there's sort of three tenses of salvation. Yes, when we accept and we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are born again. We are saved. We enter into a relationship. So it's the very present tense, saved. But then there's this continuous, present continuous tense, we are being saved. So there's this present continuous tense that you see in Scripture as well. It says, walking in our salvation. Walking Present tense, right? And then it says, one day when he appears, we will be saved. So which is it? Well, it's, it's all three. We have been saved when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. You are being saved when you walk in with him, and you ultimately will be saved. But you see, religion thinks, oh, if this is just about getting to heaven one day, if the whole goal is, is to try and earn God's love or just make it through the pearly gates. Then we miss out on kingdom purpose. Amen. We miss out on this love story that God has had and manifested himself so many times to, to our men of faith, to Abraham, to David, you know, and, and, and all these beautiful pictures where God has shown himself and, and he is beckoning you. And let me tell you, You as a believer, I as a believer, we all, will never be satisfied in here when we're not in relationship with God. Our our hearts will constantly feel like, I'm just missing something.
1: And you know, if we don't have those first four critical factors in place, we'll go looking elsewhere for the the fulfillment. Because we're not understanding the critical things that actually God is good you know I, I I know when when uh, when we talk about sin and we don 't talk about sin here at Lake Haven a lot, mostly because we are free from sin
0: yeah that 's what grace does, but mm.
1: sin produces death, it produces death in your emotions, it produces death in yes. your relationships, it produces yeah. death in your body yeah so w- we are still we 're not subject to sin. But we can put ourselves back under a yoke of slavery to it, and so often we're admonished, "Don't do that. You have been, you've been set free. It was for freedom that you've been set free. Don't go back. Don't go back." And and we we start thinking that it's, um, well, I'm I'm feeling unfulfilled. Maybe I should go and play in that playground again because I used to have fun. Hold on a second. When God said, don't do these things, His plan for you was so that you may have life, right. not death. Right. But when you don't trust that He knows better than you, then it's easy to say, oh man, right. remember those young days when I used to be able to do whatever I wanted and felt so good? Hmm. And we forget the pain. <laughs> and we forget the, the heartache that it causes in our lives.
0: Well, even in an abundant life, when Jesus said, I, I came to give you life and, and life to the full, or love more abundantly, it's this like super, the Greek is powerful. It's like ridiculously over-the-top kind of life. It's like hyper-exclusive, wonderful, plus-plus, mega-life. You know, it's like really, easy. lots of superlatives that he used is there. It's this incredible life, and yet that's, that's found... In 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 life, it, it's found in Him, like Jesus with the woman at the well, right? And He says, "Listen, I've got I've got water that you will never thirst again." But you think that is like, "Oh, Jesus, here's some water. Oh, yeah, now I'm never thirsting again." No. It, but it's almost like we think we're going to get by with this without being in relationship. Yeah. You never do. It is like a marriage. You are, in fact, part of the bride of Christ. Yeah. You are promised. We're in the betrothal stage. We, we, we are, it, it is in connection with him. That's why he said the vine and branches and all those images. We can't do anything. It, we, we get and experience the super credible, wonderful life in relationship. You know, Karen and I got married. And if I, if that was just a wonderful day back then, almost 20 years ago, and said, oh, well, remember that day. And now, I'll, sure, I'm glad I've got marriage over. Now I can go and do whatever I really wanted to do. Mm. What? But we're married.
1: I think that's a good picture of the, the, the past, present and, and future tense, right? So, the covenant of marriage is a, there is a day that you make a decision, that you make a commitment to be married. And then you are married and you're, you can, and, and hopefully married for life. Um, the difference between a union and a communion. We could be married and live in two different rooms. Mm. We could be married and never talk. Yeah. We could be married and nev- never argue.
0: <laughs> Not us.
1: We, we could be... We, so there's a difference between experiencing the communion, mm. being married, and just having an official... Right, a legal
0: yeah. a legal paper, yeah. And a lot of Christians exactly use that use their salvation experience almost as a legal paper. It's like, well, like I've done ticket. it, I've been there, done that. You know, I've got the got the piece of paper. A t-shirt. Yeah, yeah,
1: I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I, I know. Right,
0: but but you know what? Everything in communion and Jesus gives us the same Jesus. We've spoken about the Holy Spirit before numerous times, and Jesus said He could do nothing apart from the Holy Spirit. Nothing, which is fascinating, right? he could do nothing apart from the holy spirit and then he gives us the holy spirit and that's where we live we live in this we live in this literally he is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance he is he is this communion of relationship that that we should be living in and through and in our access to this supernatural life it is in but it's not going to come apart from a relationship and and i think that <laughs> We, as we're living in very interesting times now, I think that so many things are being redefined and will be redefined. And, and it's, it's good. we as believers have to be very um, uh, uh, aware of what this, all these factors are. Because if we're going to do the work of the ministry in these end times, which I believe to a large degree we are in, where we have to have this Holy Spirit, we have to have this this relationship where we understand these things, where 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 we flowing, we flowing easily with this. Not because did I pray the right prayer this morning? Okay, well I'm going to go and do this. That's that's religious. That's dead works.
1: You know, when, when in Acts uh, 1, where, where it says, uh, where Jesus tells his disciples, wait, you will receive power from on high, and then you will be my witnesses. He, he doesn't say you will do witnessing or go witnessing. He says you will be right. witnesses in all, you know, to all the parts of the earth, basically. And it's the difference between being and doing. Right. Doing is an activity. Right. Being is a identity.
0: Right. Right. And remember, we, we discussed this too. Good works and, and, and dead works look similar on the outside, right? Because we can discuss reading your Bible and praying, and all these things are good, but not if you're trying to do it to earn something. That is legalism. Yeah. You see, in, in, in the New Testament, grace comes along, and grace is free. It's a free gift of grace, and we access it through faith. And, and, it, and it's, it's hyper important for us to grasp. The, the, the realities and the practicalities of grace, right? It, it that it's it's by grace that we save. But if we don't realize that these become these things, these good works are a, a as a result of my relationship. The, I, I, I spend time with Corin because I want to spend time with Corin. I spend time because I, I want to go and we, I want to give Corin some. I want to give Corin something, not because I have to give Corin something. Or, you know, if I don't give Corin, you, you understand the difference? If I'm constantly trying to earn something that's already mine, then it shows you that I'm really not experiencing what I already have with Corinth. But as a result of our relationship, of our communion, right? Um, it's important. In fact, um, I was thinking about this scripture about grace in Titus 2. It's a, such a, a... Verse 11... It says this in the ESV, it says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Is that word, salvation. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself to redeem us from all lawlessness and purify himself for himself, a people of his own possession, who are zealous for... Good works, right? But you see this, I love the NIV, it says that in verse 12, it says that grace, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared, past tense, um, to all men, uh, to all people. And then in, in, in verse 12, sorry, it says, um, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. It's grace that does that. But but, grace junkies, heard, you know what grace junkies are, right? I, I, Grace junkies, we, we preach the grace, but if grace, if all, if we's looking for grace, if we just think that grace is an access to, to uh, the proverbial license to sin, right? And we, we, we misunderstand what grace and mercy is, and we think that, well, I, just because of the grace of God, I can just live like the devil. I don't have to do anything. Well, you don't, not for salvation, but, but that's, not, that's not the vibrant reason that we've been saved, we it's it's and it's and you're not saved just for you. I'm not saved just for me. Yeah,
1: we are set free from sin. Right. Not to sin. Right. And when we don't recognize that, when we've got the wrong critical factors in mind, we don't recognize God is good. His plans for us are good. Sin hurts us. When we don't know those things. Well, we just go downhill, right?
0: Right. Gravitate why? away. Right. So, but, so grace is essential that we understand and we lay hold of, but why? Why? So that we have access to this cause, and, and, and what is the cause? That we can introduce people, that we've got these things that we spoke about last week with Carolyn about w- what is the purpose of reaching people with this message, right? We'd we be burning to take the good news to the world. So, uh, you know, the, the cause, you know, in our ret statement, Number one, reaching and establishing, right? Reaching, establishing, and connecting. We reach people with God's unconditional love. We're establishing believers in Christ, but then we're connecting to his cause. And, and the, the thing that we need to have very first and foremost is understand why are we growing? Why is this all about there? Is what are What is the cause that you're connected to? If, is, it,
1: is it personal happiness?
0: Right. Exactly. And
1: I promise you this is something that Shannon often will talk about. The kingdom cause is not the American dream. Right. It is not personal happiness. Right. And I know that that stings to hear, but the good news is that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Right. So you will have Joy and peace. Exactly. But it is a fruit that does not come from the pursuit of happiness. Right. Happiness is an external uh, yeah. give me.
0: And you never, you never reach that carrot. It's the proverbial carrot. If you chase that, you'll never get there. That's that ladder against the wall that you'll never get if you pursue Up that against goal. against the wrong building. Right. But in finding, and we, said, we mentioned this last week, it's in, in laying down your life, Jesus said that you find it. I'm going to say that again. It's in laying down your life that you find it. You see, because now I don't have to chase God to get loved. I don't have to beg God to get healed. I don't have to beg God to give me prosperity. I
1: don't have to pay God to right. be blessed.
0: No, you don't. You don't. It's. It. But then how do I get it, Shannon? Glad you asked. Okay, no. <laughs> It is in relationship with Him. It's walking in tandem with the Holy Spirit. Remember this scripture? Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who labor. Remember that scripture? I like the message. It says this. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything uh, heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's it in a nutshell.
1: I love that. that I remember that revelation because I grew up in a very, um, I would say, legalistic Christian experience. And I remember the experience of of grace in my life, because I was doing to earn. Um, I remember that Unforced Rhythms of Grace, it was Kathy Mages who, who shared this pas- the, the passage out of the Message Bible when the message was still new, and I remember that reality hitting me. I'm not on somebody else's timetable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we want our kids to grow up quicker than they grow up in some regards and then we don't want them to grow up as quickly as they're growing up. We want people to mature quicker. We never recognize our immaturity, right? But we want people to go quicker than we can. And the truth of the matter is you cannot go quicker than you can. Mm. Your journey is going to look different than my journey. My journey has looked different than Shannon's journey. And I am not going to apologize for it anymore.
0: No. Never. Never
1: I'm going to be on my journey with God. And even if I'm moving two inches a day, I I don't know what the measure is. Don't worry about the measure, right? No matter how fast or slow you go, go with God. I love that where it says, keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. It is an ongoing thing. It is not a, ta-da!
0: Yeah. It's not a legal thing. And, and that's the thing is, like, we look at it like it's, it's like Jesus said, I'll show you. Uh, and, and even if you go, like, if you go to one of the, you know, obviously the message is a paraphrase, so it tries to put it in. But if we go to one of the translations, like, um, well, let's look at the amplified one. Um, it says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. And then it says, <laughs> I will tease and relieve and refresh your souls. It says in, in my old, it's in the amplified. I don't know if we have that. Oh, it's, this could be a newer. Yeah, there's a newer amplifier. Yeah. It says, "Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble. I should just read this one. In any case, um, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, ease, refreshment, recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome. Now, now." You know, the, the, the fantastic thing that Jesus here, there's some, just a couple of things I wanted to highlight here. Jesus says in this relationship, he's calling us who are burdened. He says, come, yoke up with me. In other words, you know, if, if you can imagine two oxen being yoked together, right? If I knew that I was one ox and Jesus was the other ox, I'm going to be pretty happy. Because if he says, come and pull with me, I know what ability he has. (laughs) He's saying, come to me, yoke up with me, learn from me. These are all present, continuous, tense realities. So Holy Spirit is so willing to show us how to live freely and lightly. Because, listen, if you're like me, we don't always live freely and lightly. If we don't watch us, we, if we don't, I mean, we're born again, right? Most of most everybody here, I'm sure, is born again. If you're, not, if you're not, you have an opportunity to be born again. But if you don't, if you don't yoke up with Jesus and you start, um, let's, let's call it for what it is, you start dabbling in sin. Because, hey, listen, I have the righteousness of God. Praise God, Jesus loves me. So here I go, dabbling in sin. And then what happens? You ex- start experiencing Death. You start experiencing death in your life. You start experiencing death in your relationships. Does God love you any less? No. But what are you feeling? What are the results? What are you, what are you reaping from your life? You aren't reaping life. You aren't seeing some of these things. You know? and, and, and there is that. So Jesus, when we, when we understand, like, listen, the, 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 your righteousness hasn't changed legally. Jesus has paid the price on the cross. Every sin, past, present, and future sin has been taken on the cross. So that's what communion is all about. That's why we have the bread and the wine, and we remind ourselves, listen, this was a new covenant in his blood. His body took the the penalty for it. Remember, this is all past tense, and you're like, oh. It's a communion should be like, oh. Thank you, Jesus. It's a remembrance of what you did for me. That's what the whole thing is. But walking is where we're going to experience. Are you lacking in any area? Then the key is just to yoke up. Holy Spirit, what is? where do I need to yoke up with? Where do I need to synchronize myself, harmonize myself? W- what do I need to learn from you? Because I want to live Freely and lightly. I want to take a real rest. I want this thing to be abundant life. These things have been given to me, but it's in relationship with him.
1: Can I read this Hmm. scripture quickly? This is Romans 7. I'm reading in the Passion Translation. Romans 7 verse 21. Through my experience of this principle, I discover that even when I want to do good, evil is ready to sabotage me. Truly, deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God. But I discern another power operating in my humanity, my flesh, waging a war against the moral principles of my conscience and bringing me into captivity as a prisoner of the law of sin, this unwelcome intruder in my humanity. What an agonizing situation I am in. So who has the power to rescue this miserable man from the unwelcome intruder of sin and death? he answers that question. I give all my thanks to God for his mighty power, his grace, has finally provided a way out through our, through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. So I if left to myself my flesh aligned with the law of sin, but now my renewed mind is fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles. This is the end of seven, and then we jump straight into eight. Romans eight one says, So now, because of God helping me, wretched, miserable man, who cannot do this by the law, but can only do it by the Spirit, Mm -hmm. there remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the Anointed One. There Mm -hmm. is no condemnation. Mm -hmm. Today, you... If right. you are in Jesus, there is no condemnation. Right. Don't look at, oh man, I've been I've been slacking. Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: He's not looking at you like that. He's yeah. looking he's looking to say, good to see you again. Yeah. Not punching, fist bump. <laughs> <laughs> or hugs, whatever you're doing right now, high five. God is not looking at you with condemnation. Mm-hmm. His relationship with us literally is he dealt with condemnation and judgment in Jesus so that we can have a relationship restored, so right. that we can experience his love. If we're going to try and pay um, with guilt and shame and condemnation and... Right. I almost said flatulence. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I meant. You, we're going to flail ourselves Flagellation. With, I knew it was a word like that, but I was going to say it wrong. Gosh, I feel like I'm Janice on stage right now. (laughs) Uh, We cannot cannot earn our way in. No. Um, I want to read this here. Verse 2, it says, uh, Romans 8, 2, For the law of the Spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin mm. and death. Mm. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited to the weakness by the weakness of human nature. Yeah. We cannot rely on the flesh. Yeah. God's grace, His Spirit in us, is what produces life. It produces the fruit of the Spirit. It produces the emotions, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. We can't fake those. We can't try to make them. I mean, we can try to make them. Boy,
0: we do. I mean, religion does all the time.
1: Talk about a heavy burden. Mm -hmm. But when we are walking, knowing that He is enabling us, He is gracing us, He is empowering us, by His Spirit, in communion, life union with Him, yeah. then those things come. Yeah. They, they are produced. Yeah. They're, they're a byproduct of right. that relationship.
0: Right. And, and, and you know, it's just like um, when you're first falling in love. <laughs> you know, you, you, you can't wait to spend some time with that person. That, that should be our relationship with God.
1: But if it's not
0: it's exactly
1: he would like that.
0: He would. He know that he is the one that's waiting at the door. He is the one that's eager to meet with you. Remember he is good. And and you see, but, but you know human our humanity and religion causes us just to do what Adam is, hide. Our religion says where God is one looking for us, he we are the one hiding. We're the one that say, "Oh, I just want to," you know. And so you get people that say, "Oh, well, I'm not going to go and step into church because you know the roof's going to fall in, or you know whatever. I'm not going to," you know. They, the people have this idea that God is going to hurt them, because that that is just lies constantly from religion. But 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 it's you know the the, the eagerness to to run in. So my heart's desire, our heart's desire, for for all of us, including us, you know, because. Is to live in a place where we can we can join in this relationship and experience this union that you this co-union with Christ in a very real way, um, because there is where we live freely and lightly, you know. And and when we hook up with kingdom cause, um, it it that's where true life is found. And I say true life because if we if we don't if we don't understand that um, that God has called you for a specific purpose and part of that purpose is to reach the world and your world being your neighbors your people your everybody and I'm not saying turning you into a little fire-breathing evangelist and you can't you know you have to go on a mission field all the time but but at the same time the reverse is true we are not just called to be in salt shakers we're supposed to have an understanding that this is what we're called to reach out into to the world. So, um, a little heads up, Nate Tanner, who, who is an um, evangelist friend of mine, you may have met him last year, he, he popped in here briefly.
1: He's he's the one, uh, you know, we've postponed our mission trip a couple times. He's uh, going to be taking some of us on a on a trip to Africa, on a mission trip in... 're mm. supposed to happen now, this year. Now, June yeah. of next year. Um, yeah. So, we're, we're I don't want to say intimately, but we're connected. He preaches a good, clear gospel message. Right. None of the works do yeah. checklists. stuff. Yeah, I, I
0: went with Nate to Myanmar, and Nate and I are, are good friends, and I, I, love, I love his passion for the gospel. But as a true evangelist, Nate, Nate doesn't just want to reach people. Nate, Nate's passion is to train people how to reach people. There's a difference. You see, sometimes Christians are disempowered because they feel, oh, I, there's a very negative, and, and I don't know if you've ever been there, but there's a very negative feeling, um, a, a burden when somebody says, well, you've got to preach the gospel to people. There's most people, fear-struck eyes, um, heaviness, like, oh, well, I don't I, know could, what to say. I could never do that kind of feeling. Now, if you feel that way, good, because I want to tell you something that is not a true feeling. And and I'm bringing in Nate to address that exact reason next month. So th- we, you're going to hear from Nate. I'm, I'm going to have a, a short video message on the 6th of September. And then two weeks later, he's coming here for three days. And on Friday night, the 18th of September, he's going to do a training. And then on Saturday morning, we're going to do some practical. And then he'll teach here on Sunday. I want to highly encourage you to put those dates in your calendar. Because... Because I tell you that understanding, when you realize how easy it is just to be a witness in a very practical way, to equip yourself with very practical tools and understand very practically a little bit about these, it takes, you know, people fear the unknown. That's just the thing. It'd be, oh, I could never do that. Oh, I'm not going to come because I'm not an evangelist. No, you're not an evangelist. That's fine. But we are all called to be equipped. And sometimes, how many times you're like, I don't know what I'm going to say. Well, the, this is exactly what this is for. Yeah,
1: but, um, I don't remember where it is now, but it says, you know, be prepared to give an answer when you are asked. What hope is this that right. you have? Yeah. You know, if, if th- that's not a philosophical thesis that you have to to share. But what is it? Why do you have hope?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's the
1: question you're going to get from somebody. How how can you believe that yeah. God is so good.
0: Right. And and Nate Nate is, you know, soaked in the gospel that like we know and and he's just he's just awesome. You're going to love I'm serious. You're going to love Nate. So that's why I, I wanted the video first to come. Uh, he's going to send us a video uh, for the sixth, and and you'll you'll get to meet him meet him virtually a little bit if you've not heard him. But you're going to hear a little bit of his heart, and then two weeks later, he'll come. He likes to do a, a training on us on a Friday night where he just does some real practical um, uh, exposition and stuff like that, and you, and and then on Saturday he does some real. I, I, you're just going to like it. So. I highly so, encourage yes.
1: Him. So those dates again are September the eighteenth, si- uh, nineteenth, and twentieth.
0: And then the sixth, he will give the video. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's Sunday morning service, yeah. so that's not special. Eighteenth, <laughs> Friday night, n- uh, the nineteenth, and the twentieth. Put those in your in your calendar and, and plan to be here.
0: Right. So, I guess the question in all of this is. Understand that you are pursued by a lover. You are pursued by a lover. Go and read this book of Song of Solomons or Song of Songs. God loves you so passionately, so intimately, and he desires to live in, in a union with you. And it's in that union of love that is communion with him that we're going to experience this life. Amen. Amen. You know religion is dead. Religion is dead, but it's it's living by the spirit that really brings life. And that's what we're talking about right here. Amen. Living by the spirit brings life and life abundantly. Absolutely. Amen. Amen.
1: I would like to invite you to stand with me with us. And I want to lead us in a in a confession and a prayer of confession. It is not a confession repentance oh God kind of it is a speaking what is true and and I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes and to open your heart and then I'm gonna I'm gonna pray it and then I want you to repeat what I pray father God thank you for sending Jesus to redeem me I am worth the price you paid I am chosen I am valuable I am yours I am loved I'm accepted I am gifted I am free. I am healed. I am prospered. I am the righteousness of God in Jesus. I am in Jesus. I am forever secure. I am always loved. Father, I thank you for the reality of this in my life. Today, if that's the first time you've prayed that prayer, I want to invite you to come and share with us. Come and let us know. We, we want to equip you with some, some good, some material to read, some booklets. We want to pray with you. We want to be on this journey to support you. None of us do this alone. You can meet God on your own in the dark, and the quiet, no one be there. God will meet you wherever you are. You can respond to him when no one else is around. This is not a magical time, but the Bible says today is the day of salvation today when you hear his invitation respond today in your heart respond today in your action step up step out we'd love to be there to pray with you we've got pray team ministers that are ready to pray with you to agree with you to remind you you are healed you are loved you are saved you are prospered you are free don't walk away today feeling like you're not. We will encourage you, agree with you, believe with you for that experience, that feeling to be real for you. Amen. Mr. T.